football podcast i am ff mose that is on twitter ffmoz this is episode 72 you just heard bonnie prince billy a song called easy does it at the end of the show as always you can hear that song in its entirety today we've got a return visit from one of our favorites dave t thomas today on episode 72 we're talking rookie Wide receivers, kick back and enjoy. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. I am FFMOZ, that is FFMOZ. This is the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 72. Once again, he's back. He is here. Our favorite, Dave T. Thomas, NFL scout for over 50 years. Dave, back to talk some wide receivers. Yeah, I tell you, you know, this is going to be different uh, than most people have experienced in the past. Usually with the wide receivers, they say their rookie season, it is a redshirt season similar to college, wait till year two. I say, no, no, lover boy, I think this year we're going to see a lot of changes at the wide receiver, especially down at San Francisco. Well, before we jump into the wide receivers, last time we talked to you, you told us how you got into the business, age 13, age 14 working for the Raiders, been here 50-plus years. You've been around a long time, and we always seem to talk about the hottest guys, the, the best guys. Uh, what about some of the guys that we thought were hot that were not? Maybe a, a couple of quarterbacks come to mind, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf. What was your take on that train ride with those guys? Oh, go back and look at Tennessee's foibles over the years. Jake Locker, I'm saying Mariota yep. is nothing but a bust. Yeah, the bus the bus stick with you, especially if you stuck your neck out there, but still I think people still pat me on the back for one guy out of Michigan that sort of had a bad senior year that I took and played in the blue-gray game. Then I brought him over to the East squad for the East-West game. Then I took him over to Hawaii for the Hula Bowl. Right now he's standing with six Super Bowl rings on his fingers. Yeah, and uh, you're in his neck of the woods right now, are you not? Well, you know, if I'm going to start training camp travels, what better place to start than the most well-functioned, best-oiled machine out there than Foxborough? 
And what do you think? I mean, we've always kind of heard Tom and Bill. Uh, many people have, you know, criticized both of them as though they can't exist without one another. Is, is it true? Are they just two halves of a great whole, or are they just two great people that happen to come together at the right time in the right place? You know, uh, you look at Tom's numbers last year. They weren't Tom Brady-like. Uh, you know, he is starting to get up in age, but yep. this is a guy that works well within the system. He uses all of his tools. They talk about Gronk being out. They talk about Watson sitting out for four games. But I say, too, look at the way he's been dealing with the keel carry. Look at the sleeper that they got over there that we'll start talking about shortly, and that's Jacoby Myers. You're not going to see these kids early in the season. He's going to be doing his Edelman, his Dorsett, and his Dontrell Inman thing to start out, and even possibly even Braxton Barrios. But as the year goes on, he's going to have that big physical target in Nikhil Harry. He's going to have Jacoby Myers learning underneath Julian Edelman, especially since this morning they cut Danny Etling. So there goes the other quarterback, the wide receiver project out the door. Well, another name that's been real big in camp is Mo Harris, Maurice Harris. What do you think of him? Oh, I love Mo. I, I think that what we're seeing over here, everything that they're doing, that was a wise pickup for them. But I tell you, though, as much as the unknowns are going to step up, this is the year for the rookie wide receivers. Yep. I mean, look at what Baltimore has done bringing it in. As much as they are still waiting for Marquise Brown to uh, exert himself in practice due to the injuries, I say watch for Miles Boykin. That could be the guy to give a run to uh, Seth Roberts, a run for the money in. Hell, you look at their wide receivers anyway. If anywhere you want the rookies to step up, it's because of the questionable veterans. Well, before we start talking about uh, some of these wide receivers, and like you said, it's probably uh, the best, most talented group of this year's class for sure. If you're going to put money down who I'm going to see in a Patriots uniform first on an NFL field, is that going to be Josh Gordon or Gronkowski? Is it possible he comes back? I'm not holding my breath on either one of them because if they do come back, either one of them, it's considered a bonus. I mean, Gordon, as far as his troubles off the field goes, on the field, this kid was good. The big thing, too, is you got to look at what's going on in the training room because not only do they have the Marius Thomas there who probably end up opening the season on the pup list, yep. but the New Orleans reject that they just picked up, Cameron Meredith. If either one of these could even show flashes of what they did earlier in their career, it's going to be a major bonus for New England. Well, let's start with uh, probably the top wide receiver going in almost any fantasy draft uh, pick uh, picked first round at the very end from Arizona State. Nikhil Harry, uh, a, a do it all kind of guy, probably going to be seen most with some under under um, middle of the field kind of stuff, slot receiver, perhaps. Uh, what do you think of Nikhil Harry? Is he living up to the first wide receiver taken? I said last year, and people laughed at when we did our preseason show about the kid up at Detroit, Kenny Galladay, and look at the season he had. Yep. I've seen Nikhil Harry right now having the same season that Kenny Galladay had in 2018. That's how good this kid's going to be. I mean, he's working well, very well under Brady. And the same thing, too. You go look at another guy that went at the tail end of round two up at Seattle. Everything that I keep on hearing on Metcalf and Wilson over there, I mean, these guys have a major bromance going on. Okay. So, yeah, Nikhil Harry, a lot of people have been talking about him over um, 
Is the first overall rookie pick, Nikhil Harry. I'm looking at the AFC East, and I'm seeing three guys right now that weren't even drafted and not only going to make teams, but they're going to make major impacts for them. Greg Dortch down at the Jets. I mean, here they ended up losing Andre Roberts, so at least we know he's going to come in as a special teams type of guy. Uh, You look at what they got as their starting three over there. They have nothing behind, so this is where Dortch might end up earning a roster spot. I mean, I tell people right now, if you want an oh-my-God free agent wide receiver out there, head down to South Beach where Preston Williams is going to be huge for that team. And you head up to Buffalo, too, with everything that they got going on. There, they have three guys that I probably could sit out and say, Snow White, you got your three wide receivers. However, David Sills, this was a guy up at West Virginia that really I can't understand how he slid through the draft. So I'm looking at Sills being another guy that probably will get a lot of touches. Remember, Robert Foster came out of nowhere last season for them the second half. Sills could be that practice squad stash guy, and all of a sudden, the second half of the year, there he goes, boom. Well, you mentioned Preston Williams. Uh, oh, Preston, mean, Preston Williams to me right now is a guy I gotta have, even if I got him as my fourth or fifth wide receiver on my fantasy team. Well, I and, look at Devontae Parker, I look at Kenny Stills, I look at Albert Wilson. I yep. think Stills, the problem he has with ownership right now, would not surprise me if they turn around and trade him. And if really? they trade him. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of static going on. I mean, Stills pulled his best Colin Kaepernick uh, with ownership over there doing the Trump-supporting thing. I think uh, you saw what Preston Williams has done in practice. You saw what he did in week one over here. Mm -hmm. If anything happens to those big three, he's the next man up. Yeah, and folks, if you haven't seen Preston Williams, check it out. His uh, debut game versus the Falcons. Five or four catches, five targets, but each catch was better than the last one. I mean, there were some highlight real catches. He had a lot of trouble off the field, similar like yep. Tyreek Hill earlier in his career, so he bounced around. But this is a kid that right now he's focused on playing what he can on the field. I mean, what else are they going to turn to, Alan Hearns? I mean, there's two teams that decided Alan Hearns wasn't worth their effort. Yeah, Preston Williams went undrafted and, of course, went to uh, a struggling, rebuilding, to say the least, uh, Miami team. But 6'4", uh, 211, you know, he's 33-inch arm length. I mean, he's a, a big guy, runs a 4'6'6". He's an exciting player to watch. And like you said, really went undrafted because of off-the-field issues, right? Well, the whole thing, too, is you look at the news clippings coming out down there. They're talking to the secondary, the defensive players. What guy's standing out for you on the other side of the ball? It's like everybody's going PW, PW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's really, really exciting. And I didn't think about that. A lot of people are flocking to Still's side for being vocal uh, against a uh, – well, what, I don't know, hypocritical um, management, I suppose. Or well, what Phil Lindsay did last year to the running backs, I think Preston Williams will do to the wide receivers this year. I yeah. see him at least within the top 25 by the time the year is out. So this is the type mm. of guy that if you're in a fantasy league and other people are sitting out there, come up that second half of your draft, you got to grab this dude. Yeah, lots of talk. He, he looked great on the field. Uh, Preston Williams, he's very exciting. Um, another guy I'm hearing a lot of stuff about, certainly Paris Campbell. Um, I, a lot of this is going to be dependent on luck and his health, correct? 
Yeah, but you got to look at one thing, too. you got a tight end at one position there in Devin Funches, who really is a possession type. Still, you want to get some speed out there to take the double-team coverage off of T.Y. Hilton. Paris Campbell, look what he did last year. He had close to 1,200 yards up at, uh, uh, with Ohio State. 919 of those yards were gained after the catch. That's the type of guy I want in my slot. And let's not discount a, a rookie free agent they got over there possibly making the roster because Chester Rogers spot is a little precarious right now that could be Penny Hart's opportunity to make a noise well Paris Campbell I mean uh, tied for the fastest 40 this year with wide receivers 4.31 that's 100th percentile uh, some other scores ability scores uh, 97th percentile speed score 97th percentile for burst score he is just an exciting Ohio State player, and he he's a very smart player as well. So I'm liking Preston Cam, uh, sorry Paris Campbell a lot. Uh, how concerned though are you over Luck? I'm very concerned, especially now that they're coming out with another injury on him. Well, yeah. you know, he had he had that calf, but it's really a bone bruise. And I right. go back a couple of years ago when Luck, oh, he'll be ready for the season. Oh, he'll be ready by game four. Oh, he'll be ready by midseason. No luck. You know, right now I look at Luck and I look at Waldo and I say both of them are going to be hard to find, at least when the season begins. Yeah, he was atop my uh, rankings. He's certainly fallen now. Um, he's still in my top tier, but man, I am I'm very concerned about luck. Yeah, this is the type of guy that if you pick him up as your quarterback on a fantasy team, uh, you know, go drink, go drink your cyanide bottle and get it over with. What about? Um, let's see, Debo Samuel. They got a lot of interesting things there. In yeah, San we're talking about the baby brigade. These are the guys that are going to make teams go back in and look at, no, we better not stash our wide receivers anymore. We better throw them to the wolves. Honestly, mm-hmm. you go down there and look at San Francisco. What do they really have to lose? You know, So by putting those two out there on the football field, this is probably going to be a blessing in disguise. Dante Pettis came along the second half of last year, but he's been having quite a few drops in practice. Jordan Matthews to pick up from Philadelphia right now is in danger of not making the team. Meanwhile, in Hurd, Hurd, you're going to have a guy that's going to be an instigator. You're going to have a guy that's going to agitate the other team. And what happens when you have that? Usually you end up getting a flag thrown. Debo's going to be the big boy down there. Marquise Goodwin, right now I look at that guy. He's a speed merchant, but I'm really concerned about his hands. Yeah, and he's older, like 28 maybe, Marquise Goodwin. Um, yeah, you know, he's sitting there with a bounce check with a million dollars in his hand for winning a 40-yard dash contest, and then the uh, then uh, the sponsors decided not to pay up. So he's going to have to go out there and work on the football field. If not, he'll be on the unemployment line. I see the cultural change down at San Francisco being that way. And that's the thing, too. you got to look at what they did last year. All of the money they laid on an injured running back, and McKinnon, and they don't even know if he's going to be out there. So it's time for the youngsters to step up and do you see i mean uh debo second round i believe heard third round do you see both these guys contributing this year oh yeah but i see heard actually being the better of the two okay and what about trent taylor i heard a, a couple of beat guys talking about him might be getting a lot of catches this year of course he's injured right now but uh what do you think about trent taylor 
if they keep five, Taylor will make the team, and that will definitely put Jordan Matthews out on uh, the unemployment line. I like Taylor. I like what he could do out there on the football field. And with Pettis' case of dropsy so far, yeah, yeah, he could emerge if needed, but I still look at the two rookies as being the next man up if anything happens with the two vets. And uh, the actual – I think I misspoke earlier – uh, I said Nikhil Harry, of course, went at the back of the first half, but there was another first round uh, running, or I'm sorry, wide receiver taken. Um, it, you know, he is interesting. His situation is interesting. Marquise Brown uh, went with the 25 pick in the first round. Baltimore, but there might be another guy there in Baltimore to keep an eye on, another rookie. What do you think of Marquise and the uh, Notre Dame or Boykin? I love Boykin. Boykin, to me, is that big play threat that they need. Yes, you're looking at Bram with the speed and everything, but I also go back and look at one thing. This is a team that brought in Perryman a couple of, uh, uh, Pierman a couple of years ago, and look what he did out there. Yep. I think that Marquise Brown, with that injury he has, I'm not looking for him to contribute immediately, and somebody's got to contribute because when Willie Sneed is your starting split end and this guy reached the end zone only once, yeah, I'm worried about that. Can Lamar Jackson get the ball down the field accurately enough? Uh, because I, I love the speed that Boykin brings. I think he's going to pulse. He's going to stretch the field, which I think is going to be good for their offense, no matter what. Has Boyk or uh, has Lamar Jackson improved enough to get the ball accurately to Boykin's hands? I'm worried about Jackson staying on the football field. You know, with him, the the, the guy who is the opposite of, Tyler, uh, of uh, Kyler Murray, where Murray is a master of the broken plays, Lamar Jackson usually when it's broken plays is because he has happy feet. It would not surprise me if this guy gets clobbered. And when we get on to our next show with the tight ends and the quarterbacks, I'll talk about a little sleeper quarterback down there that might be used as a Swiss Army knife that I think is the second coming of Jake DeLone. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been looking at the Vegas betting sites. Lamar, I think it's 66 to, 66 to 1, 65 to 1 uh, if he leads the league in rushing. I'm a Lamar believer. I think he can do it. Yeah, I like but I look odds. at him and I look at the Sean Watson and these guys yep. sometimes being scramblers the way they are with a suspect offensive line. Now, they got two quality tackles down there, but I look at the guard, I look at the center situation at Baltimore, and that's what worries me. When I got a guy that constantly wants to take off a foot, I want zone blocking scheme up front. I look at those three behemoths in the middle of that offensive line, and, you know, if I'm timing them, I'm going one Mississippi, two Mississippi, till I get to 10 Mississippi. I don't know if he's going to have enough coverage to protect them when he decides to bolt. Well, certainly Baltimore's line is better than Houston's, uh, right? I think Houston's going to surprise you a bit with the offensive line this year. And really? I was a guy that I touted last year that everybody thought I was nuts, and then Brian Gain took him in round one. Watch for Titus Howard to win the left guard spot. Okay. So you think, because that was a pretty rough line last year, giving up lots of well, sacks. Well, I'm more worried about, you know, getting off injured William Fuller on the field, because if this yeah. guy is out, everybody's double teaming up on Hopkins. And QT's banged up right now, too. So. Yeah, well, they, that's the name of the game down at Houston. You know, have injuries, will travel. And the biggest thing that scares me is that front office right now is run by Wrongway Corrigan, in other words, their head coach. You don't want yeah. your head coach running your front office unless he's got BB as initials. 
Yeah, and he's very he's certainly opinionated. Um, do you like I the, think I think they will look at the 2018-2019 drafts and say why the hell do we let Brian Gain go? Hmm. Well, what do you think about him bringing in um Duke Johnson from Cleveland? I like that. You know, this is the type of guy that would be a third down back. This is a yeah. guy I could line up wide, but I certainly, certainly, certainly love one of their rookie free agents down there. If he doesn't make the team, watch him to stash another Ohio State uh, wide receiver who played with Campbell, who played with McLaurin, and his name is Johnny Dixon. You go back mm-hmm. and look at what he did at the combines, not only in the drills, but what he did in the receiving drills alone. They got themselves a guy down there that could be really curious for them if they're able to keep him on the field. Understand one thing, when he came out of high school, he was the only five-star wide receiver. Yeah, he had a decent two years there at Ohio State, 17, 18, 60 receptions, just over 1,000 yards and 16 TDs in the two-year span. The Uh, medicals, though, you go back and look at the first three years, those four knee surgeries, so much so that he almost quit football, he had to be talked to coming back in. And when we're looking at Ohio State, look at the wide receivers that they stepped out. Dallas might have another reclamation project and former New York Jets second rounder who had knee issues, Devin Smith. He looked pretty decent in the preseason opener. Well, what about another uh, big name? wide receiver to talk about uh aj brown of course he probably did not land in a very favorable spot uh aj brown uh went to tennessee of course taking it at the 19th spot in the second round a lot of folks really loved him coming out of college but man he's gonna be playing with Mariota. um what do you think of the situation there well, the thing is, I look at Corey Davis's history of hammies. Yeah. I look at Adam Humphreys with his questionable knees. Uh, Tajay Shop, as good as he is down there, seems to have not been a front office favorite. I mean, last year, he almost ended up getting cut during the season. I think if A.J. Brown could step in, take over the slot receiver spot, well, he is one. Actually, I liked him better than Metcalf, to be honest with you. I thought that A.J. Brown was the guy that got Mississippi moving last year. Could he challenge Taiwan Taylor? If not in 2019, this could be a challenge for him in 2020. But he's a guy I want to keep around for a while. What about we got two teams to talk about here? Uh, you mentioned Metcalf. Of course, he went to Seattle. They also took uh, Gary Jennings. Now, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jennings is back, and he's fully healthy, man. Boy, does Russell Wilson have himself some nice options to work with. Mm-hmm. You see, with Jennings, he's the type of guy because Wilson's got the arm to jug the ball. That's yeah. the guy that's going to be the deep threat. Jennings going to be the deep threat. And who better to do it with than Wilson? He's one of the most accurate deep ball throwers. Uh, yeah, but you also got to keep Wilson on the football field. And much like uh, the Texans and much like Baltimore's middle interior, you're looking at an offensive line that is still suspect. I mean, DK Metcalf, I want to say going around the 14th, maybe 15th round. Gary Jennings not even really going at all. Um, hearing a lot of good stuff about Metcalf. It, you like Jennings as just a deep threat and, and Metcalf as um, uh, well, going to be leading in I, catches? 
When I got Keenan Reynolds lining up at my flanker position, I mean, that job is wide open for Jennings to come in and secure okay. before the season even begins. And look at a guy that they picked up as a free agent over there, Jazz Ferguson. He's banged up right now. But this is a guy they probably will end up stashing on the practice squad. If they go down to the final gun over there, I think he might even beat out seventh rounder John Ur- Ursula. And Ursula is having a good camp in his own right. Tyler Lockett will be their slot receiver. He's yeah. pretty good what he does over there. Metcalf is going to be key, uh, definitely when it comes to Russell Wilson stretching the field. Hey, well, I got a guy in the fifth round that I know is not only going to stop, but I know is going to star, and he's wearing the silver and black uniform. That kid out of Clemson, I look at him, and I see the second coming of Wes Walker, and that's Hunter Renfro. You look at the issues hmm. going on with Antonio Brown on and off the field over there. Okay, they do have J.J. Nelson to step in if something hmm. happens with Antonio Brown, but I say Hunter Renfro is starting from day one. Well, I'm looking at Rotowire. They've already got him as listed as the the slot starter uh, right now. That when they got him in the fifth round, I think John Gruden over there thought that you know uh, he turned around and ended up with a great Christmas present in the back of the tree. Yeah, Vic Talafar from the Athletic and even Eddie Pasco from the team's official site both kind of claiming Renfro starting as of this moment. So, And that's... I also look at a guy that they picked up that's a little banged up, Keelan Doss. It probably will come down to him and uh, Baltimore will pick up Jordan Lastly for the last receiver spot. Well, what about a team I know you're familiar with? Um, they're going to be exciting with Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals. They took a pair of wide receivers folks are really excited about. And then we've been hearing uh, a, a lot about Keyshawn Johnson. That's the boy, man. Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler. You're going to be sitting back watching the other rookie going out there and star. Look what they got. Fitzgerald's moving into the slot because he's lost more than one or two steps. Yep. You've got Kevin White, uh, the first rounder out of uh, Chicago, but look at his long history of injury problems. Here's an opportunity for Keyshawn Johnson to step in. If you got him, Fitzgerald, and Kirk as your starting wide receivers, Murray, especially with the way that he is a master with the broken plays, this is going to be an exciting team to watch. Tossing David Johnson, if the, the wrist holds up, Murray's going to have a lot of tools to get that ball out. So out of the three, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler. I, don't, I think that right now, if it came down to it, I think Hakeem Butler is possibly a guy that could be a cut. Okay, so you like Keyshawn the best out of the three. So I understand one thing, too. A guy that really did well with the Rams till he got banged up last year and got rejected by the Rams is in camp, and he's looking good, too, and that's Farrell Cooper. Yeah, he uh, didn't see much action last year. But I, I want to talk about Hakeem Butler. Uh, the Man analytics... has no conception of route running. He's a tall receiver out there. Uh, you love his athleticism, but when yeah. it comes to the conception of getting out and running the routes, showing good progression, I think he still has a long, long way to go. You know, the, he was one of the most interesting prospects I've seen in a while. He was so – I had so many opinions by this guy. Um, you know, there well, was... the thing too is you go back and look over in college, my friend. You know, when you're six foot five and you're going up against five foot eight, five foot nine cornerbacks, all you got to do is play jump ball situations. He's not going to get that jump ball situation in the NFL. That the cornerbacks are much bigger, they're much faster, and they're more aggressive than he saw down at Big Twelve time. 
Yeah, his athleticism, workout metrics are just off the chart. Speed score 97th, catch radius uh, 96th percentile. The guy's six foot five, uh, runs 4.48, uh, 99th percentile arm length. He's just amazing as far as measurables. But well, I just so put a quarter people. in my Zoltan machine over here, and Zoltan kicked me out his prediction card. He says, watch for broken pinky IR for 2019. They're going to try to stash that kid. Hmm. Okay. So he's a dynasty play, uh, good career play, but not this year. I uh, wouldn't even put him in a good career play, and okay. I wouldn't put Andy Isabella in a good career play. You know, I am still moaning and groaning over it. He did not run a 4-3-1. Go back and look at the combine <laughs> tape. That was Paris Campbell's time up on the yep. side, and they accidentally, when he ran, he ran 4-5-6. Oh, we didn't start the clock till so-and-so. Well, if you didn't oh, start really? the clock till so-and-so, he should have run faster than even 4-3-1. He's huh. a good receiver, but this is not a guy that I see coming in and say, I got to have him on my fantasy team. Keyshawn yeah. Johnson, that's another story. But even Keyshawn, I'm looking at a guy second half of the draft. Okay, so that's interesting with Isabella. You don't think he got the 4-3-1. You don't think he tied Campbell? No, no, no. I mean, if that guy ran 4-3-1, he'd be, he'd be getting speeding tickets walking around campus. Well, and he certainly, what, 5 Nine, I think, five ten. Um, little guy. That's what you want from your slot receivers. You want those guys. Now he could work well underneath, but I go back and look at last year over even with UMass, only twenty percent of his reception yardage came after the catch. Hmm. So if a guy's running four three one and he's playing in an uh, for an independent school, not even in a conference, taking on a lot of FCS uh, low ball type of teams. I should have seen a whole lot better numbers than what he put up, and he did put up good numbers. Well, boy, how things have changed. People coming out of the draft or going up into it loved Hakeem Butler. Uh, you had Matt Waldman say he was the, the best receiver he's ever charted, and now look at how far he's fallen, and we're hearing Keyshawn Johnson. What it about all comes down to fitting in with the system. If I got a round peg in my hand and I got a square hole – you know, I might make it a fit, but I still got a few spaces around that do not look like they're going to be filled for me. A couple other guys to talk about. Uh, a guy I know you liked when we talked about the bowl games, uh, Jaws, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, he, he's in a crowded receiving core in Philly. They like to spread it around. But, boy, some of those guys in Philly, some of those pass catchers might not be there next year. Do you like Whiteside long term or maybe even this year? I like uh, Whiteside long-term, but yeah. I'm telling you, if you're going to grab any receiver this year, the way that Wentz and Deshaun Jackson are working, take the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Really? Oh, yeah. I think that Deshaun Jackson is going to be one of those uh, to the front office. I told you so. You know, uh, oh, Jackson got a big chip. Yeah, he, he's that much of a prima donna, but I think that not only are you going to see him excel over there, but I think Aguilar, uh, Jeffrey, they're going to benefit from having uh, Jackson out on the football field because he's the guy that's going to see the double team coverage. Yeah, and Wentz can get it down the field. Um, well, the thing I like about Jackson, too, is Jackson took Matt Collins underneath his wing, and Matt Collins is a speedster, too. He's still having a conception of running routes, but by having Hollins backing up Jackson over here, you got good development product for, you know, 2020, 2021. 
Well, let's talk about another uh, interesting, I don't know if it's favorable for fantasy, but interesting situation with the Washington pass catchers. Uh, lots yeah, of names I, I there. don't know about you, but I think Josh Doxson is definitely on his last leg. I'm not sold on the yeah. Brian Quick. And as much as I like Terry McLaurin, they got a steal in the sixth round, guys, too, and Kelvin Harmon. Now, yep. if I fall flat on my face and I'm going with Haskins in there, I'm looking at Doxson. Eh, he's out the board. I'm looking at Paul Richardson as a possibly a trade deadline type of deal where I could probably get a, at least a late day two pick for him. And I turn around, I put McLaurin out there with Quinn, and I bring Kelvin Harmon in, and let's run the kitty cores and see what we could do. Who do you like, uh, Trey Quinn, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Harmon? Who do you like? Oh, best? I love McLaurin for the simple situation is, you know Haskins is the quarterback of the future. Go back and look at Haskins last year. While Campbell had better numbers and Dixon had better numbers, when it came to clutch third down situations, here you got McLaurin out there with 22 out of 26 third down opportunities. He got the ball for first downs. Go back and look at Ohio State. They were 109th in the nation and converting on third down. So you subtract those totals from that, get down at the bottom of the barrel. So McLaurin and Haskins at least worked on those third down plays pretty well. You think Paul Richardson, he's listed as first on the Redskins depth chart, according to Rotowire. Is he starting on most on most NFL teams? No. Yeah, I, I don't I think mean, so. Either. Here goes again. Here's a guy that left Seattle while he had a decent career <laughs> up at Seattle. He was just no a guy. You, well, the whole thing is, too, you're losing Doug Baldwin, who really was the heart and soul of the receiving unit. You think you would at least want to CYA by keeping Richardson around? Yeah. He, to me, he, you know, comparing him to Lockett back in the day, he, he just – just seemed like an average guy, uh, a shoe filler, and yet here he is leading the depth chart in Washington. I think that really speaks more about Washington's lack of talent than his. And when will Gruden's patient run out with oft-injured Josh Dockman? I mean, that was yeah. definitely a 2016 bust. <laughs> I saw Jeff Doxon say something like, yeah, I think I might be a free agent next year. Well, he you know, he might be a free that. agent this year. You yeah. know, he might be looking to, you know, to carry it in front of the horse, but, you know. Right now, you know, if the Turk knocks on his door at the end of August, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, two more situations to talk about, and then maybe you can toss out a name or two. I know we got to get you back out to, uh, to to Bill's camp there up in uh, – where are you actually for the Patriots camp? Uh, we're in Foxborough. They play right oh. in Gillette. They practice in Gillette Stadium. They're one of the few that keeps everything in-house, and I like that. Oh, that's cool. Well, you know, when you put these guys up in dorms and everything, you yep. take them, you're isolated. You know, these are grown men. Let's not do that, you know. I mean, when you got everybody hanging around the one public phone out in the hallway, you know yeah. you're in trouble. Right. Well, uh, what about Kansas City? I knew you were going to get there. We know Tyreek's going to play. They drafted Mecole as some insurance. Is Mecole Hardman worth anything this year to fantasy players? Uh, yeah, but only in the second half of the draft because I don't okay. see him get too many touches early in the year. They're going to incorporate him into the system. I think that what you're going to see a lot on him is the trick plays, the end of rounds. You're going to see him on return duties. I mean, they went with Hardman with the situation thinking that they were going to lose Hill. So right. now you got Tyreek Hill 2.0. And let's not discount the guy on the other side, especially since he's in his money year, and that's Sammy Watkins. A lot of people do like Sammy. He was actually sneakily more productive when he was playing with 
Um, oh, what's his name? The guy who got in some trouble there for striking his kid, uh, uh, Hill. And oh, Sammy Watkins yeah. was actually more productive when Hill was on the field last year, which was a little sneaky. Uh, I think, you know, Hill got a lot more done after the catch. But I, I think with a quarterback that they have, though, you want these type of wide receivers because outside of Linda Blair and the Exorcist, I haven't seen a quarterback with the ability to turn his head around like Mahomes does. Yeah, he's incredible. He is incredible. Now, um, the big problem is you get past these big three and you're you're staring at Demarcus uh, Robinson and a guy that belongs on a potato ship uh, can, you know, Byron Pringle. So, you know, they do have issues after you get past the big three. And they like using a lot of multiple wide receivers. I think this could be an issue for them. I think they're going to regret letting Connolly walk. Well, in a, it was a big surprise. I mean, McCall Hardman ran a 4-3-3, so arguably the second fastest or third fastest time, I guess, if you count Isabella's 4-3-1, tying Paris Campbell. But a lot of people were surprised when they took Hardman. He wasn't on a lot of radars. Did they just take him for speed as a uh, Tyreek Hill replacement? I mean, is uh, that all that... they really were thinking? Here's my thinking. You're looking at a guy that only had two years as a wide receiver at Georgia. They recruited him as a quarterback. So I got a guy that's got the mentality and knowing what the quarterback is going to do because, hey, I was one of you guys at one point. Give Hardiman till midseason. Watch what happens. But if you got Hill, Hardiman, and Watkins out there on the football field, Patrick Mahons right now, all he has to do is say three letters, MVP. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's they're an exciting duo to watch for sure. And you uh, know, you got a mind like Andy Reid over there. He's gonna figure a way to use all of his weapons, and Hardman's gonna be a valuable weapon as the season goes along. Let me ask you about one other situation, then we'll let you go. Pittsburgh, uh, their wide receiver, of course, AB is now on the West Coast. Juju stepping God. up. Yeah, he's uh, interesting. I saw him refuse to play because he couldn't wear his helmet. Now he's gonna play again. Uh, it's some drama out there, but what does he leave in Philly with, you know, you've got James Washington, you've got Dante Moncrief, Eli Rogers, a lot of people talking Deontay Johnson, you got Ryan Switzer. What do you think about what remains in Philly? Or I in think James, James Washington will play the big key over there, especially if they decide to go to a three-receiver situation. Moncrief and Smith-Schuster are definitely going to start. Yep. I don't think Moncrief is enough over there to take the double pressure off of Schuster, who's going to see that this year with A.B. out of the way, but bring James Washington in the slot over here. You might have some action going. Deontay Johnson, let's sit back and wait till 2020. He's still having a problem. Okay. How can I put it in relationship Rise with Ben. Ben likes the veteran type of receivers. A lot of talk early about him in camp. Uh, a little banged up now, but um, yeah, you think it's going to be uh, Washington and Moncrief running, starting behind Schuster? I think that Eli Rogers will see more time than Johnson and Switzer do. Really? Eli Rogers? Oh, yeah, huh? yeah. I think it's going to come down. You know, he's been in a doghouse a bit, but yep. I think they're going to see, they're going to bring him in. You know, you go back to last year, that guy really stole his paycheck, but I think he has something to prove out there. I, I definitely see him keeping six wide receivers, though. Well, we, we've hit our time. Is there any, uh, I don't know, Ashton Doolin, uh, any Riley Ridley, any, any names that we didn't talk about that you think we should keep an eye on? 
Yeah, look up Endeavor. I think they got themselves a nice uh, rookie free agent find in Trinity Benson. I think this is a guy that's going to come on strong for them. Could even challenge Deshaun, uh, Deshaun uh, Hamilton for the number three job. Uh, you look at some of the guys out there, what they're going to do. I go to Carolina. Everybody says, oh, we're worried about Cam. Well, if Cam's arm is healthy, I think that DJ Moore and Calvin Samuels are going to have yeah. excellent seasons with them this year. Yeah, some people even liking Samuels more than dj moore well i tell you you know one guy that really worries me though is with aj green out up at cincinnati tyler boyd is not the type of guy to stretch the field alex erickson is really nothing more than a special teamer could senior's son stanley morgan jr play like stanley morgan senior did if he does it would be a benefit for them because you never know if john moss is going to be healthy enough to be on the football field let me ask you one other one. A guy you liked last year who, who got injured in Indy, Deion Kane. Uh, they've been talking about him a little bit in camp. Is he fully recovered, and do you like him this year? Yeah, you know, this is an exciting challenge. You got him out there with T.Y. Hilton. Something's going to happen out there on the football field. I look at the guys that got banged up last year that didn't get much time out on the football field. You know what they say, your first year you learn, your second year you apply. So now it's time for him to step on the field and apply what he learned while he was spending the entire season observing. You turn us on a little bit to Dan Kane, another guy I think you like there, uh, Buffalo. Oh, another guy I like as far as underrated goes, especially with Marquise Lee banged up right now. D.D. Westbrook really came yeah. into his own last season. They got Chris Connolly over there. But I think D.J. Chark is going to have himself an excellent season with the Jags. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk about Chris Conley in uh, Jag camp, but you're liking, you're liking D.J. Chark? Yeah, I think Kansas City is going to cry losing a guy like him. Okay. What about Buffalo? Um, we saw Foster yeah, turn it on the end of the Buffalo, year. Buffalo, you Phillips. know, like I say, you know, you got a big time quarterback over there with a monster rum and uh, and Allen. Meanwhile, he's got three slot receivers. That's what worries me. That's where a David Sills or possibly a Cam Phillips could possibly yeah. seize a, a backup job, but. Keeping Robert Foster on the bench after the way that him and Allen hooked up last year, I think that's a terrible mistake for Buffalo. Yeah, I was sorry to see some of those reports uh, Foster not doing as well right now because, boy, he was fantastic. Josh Allen was last five weeks, I think, fantasy's best quarterback and had a lot to do with Foster. You got a lot of money invested in Beasley and Brown. You know, yep. you got a second round draft pick invested in Zay Jones. So, yeah. you know, obviously when a guy comes off the street, he's the one that's selling apples outside the stadium. Yeah, he's listed as fourth, which surprised me on the depth chart right now, according to Rotowire. So uh, I, a guy I've got and a couple of best balls. So I certainly hope he can turn it on like we saw last year. Well, I certainly hope Rashad Higgins could continue what he could do down at Cleveland because when Antonio Callaway yeah, out, he's got again, the opportunity. Yeah, yep. you know, because, you know, you got Landry and Beckham, you got two quality receivers, but, you know, look at Beckham the last two years, you know, he has been dealing with injury issues. Well, and certainly they're going to command the defense's attention. And Higgins, in the absence of Callaway, has looked pretty sharp. And, you know, go back down at Oakland, too. I think Antonio Brown is going to be a major issue for them. They're going to sit back and say, why or why did we sign him? Tyrell Williams is going to be the better value signing for the Oakland Raiders this year. Yeah, and Antonio. you go down to Dallas. I look at Dallas, you know, they're talking about bringing Randall Cobb in for the year. Tavon Austin is more than likely going to end up being cut. But I think the critical thing for them is last year's third round, the Michael Gallup. If he could seize the split-end hmm. job, 
Dak is going to have himself some really nice receivers to throw to. But still, Dak, you are no way worth $40 million unless that's a four-year tag. Yeah, Tyrell Williams would be interesting because Antonio is going in the second. Tyrell not in the double-digit rounds. A lot of people have kind of forgotten about him. Uh, Derek, you go back and look up here over in New York, uh, Mo, you know, you're talking about even if Golden Tate did not have uh, the four-game suspension, even if Sterling Shepard wasn't hurt over there, I look at that wide receiving unit, and I think I could find myself some better wide receivers in the Arena Football League. It's all going to come down to can Darius Slayton step up his game? He was hot early hmm. in camp. Really cooled down after the injury over here. Can Cody Latimer finally uh, justify that early draft pick for Denver? I think what they did right now was Eli Manning standing on the plank, and we're just waiting for Captain Hook to stick him in the butt with the sword. Yeah, boy, Cody Latimer, a lot of Cody Latimer believers for a long time out there, never was able to, to carve a niche for himself. Maybe maybe he can do it in New York with a, a, del- a dearth of talent. He's listed as third on the depth chart right now. Well, I'm looking at Golden Tating. You know, he was okay at Detroit. He was a- average with Philadelphia. This is not a guy that's going to make me forget Odell Beckham. Hell, there's very <laughs> few wide receivers out there that will make you forget Odell. But I-, I think the Giants are going to have major issues. And if you're a Daniel Jones fan, you might be seeing him earlier than expected. Yeah, uh, one would think he's got to be out there early because Man- Manning just hasn't got it anymore. And uh, Lord knows they could be burning Gettleman's likeness and effigy uh, after a couple weeks if they already aren't for what he's done to that team. Well, one team that I'm curious to see what goes on because we saw him emerging late last year, second-year flanker Anthony Miller. To me, I tell anybody right now, don't grab a quarterback in the first round unless his name is Mahomes. However, if I want a quarterback that's going to give me great value in the fantasy league, it's because of Anthony Miller. Trubisky and Anthony Hmm. Miller are going to be aces this year. Well, and I like he's got some legs too, Trubisky, so I like those mobile quarterbacks. Good for fantasy. I'm just a little worried with Detroit. We're still dealing with the Stafford injury issues. Kenny Galladay came on strong till the end of last year when he got banged up. They did bring in Danny Amendola for the slot position. But the big thing over here is they need an offensive line to protect the quarterback to get the ball down. And especially bringing in TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James, I don't know if they're going to be using that multiple wide receiver uh, uh, situation with three wideouts on the field. I think it's going to be more so two tight ends out there, two wide receivers. Well, Galladay's going right in that, that famous crop of wide receivers in fantasy right now, going about where Lockett is going, Chris Godwin. Uh, there's a bunch right in that area that I really like. You would think Stafford would remember how to do this with Megatron. Just throw the ball up and let him get it. Um well, another guy that that's going to be on the bubble this year, you head down to Minnesota, you know, 2016, they took him in the first round, but Laquan Treadwell yeah. still has not been able to re- uh, do anything out there alongside Thielen and Diggs. Heck, I've even heard Chad Beebe's name mentioned well ahead of Treadwell. Yeah, it's a point right now where Sad. Treadwell is hanging by the tread as far as keeping a roster spot. Then you yep. go down and look at the Atlanta Falcons right now. They got three quality wide receivers, but they got a guy that's going to be ending up returning for them a lot this year, and that's Marcus Green. This is the type of guy that could challenge Justin Hardy for playing time in the slot. Well, Mr. Thomas, it's always a pleasure. I know you got to get back out to Patriots camp. Uh, I, I thank you for talking rookie, rookie wide receivers with me today. 
Well, we could also talk Wookiee wide receivers, but then we'd have to put I'd have to put on my Star Wars costume. Oh, I've got a few hanging up. I think my son went to bed in a stormtrooper outfit last night. So this is the house to talk it to talk Star Wars. I'm just telling people do not be concerned about the Wook. Uh, the there you got me saying <laughs> it. The rookie wide receivers. I think this is going to be the year where we're going to see how could I put it. Probably the best crop of rookies stepping out there yep. at that because of the opportunities that are going to be given them. Well, in Dynasty, I think that's definitely where uh, the value lies. And, you know, it used to be like the three-year rule. Wide receivers busting out three years. Now it's, you know, rookie year we're seeing a lot of it, and especially year two. So with Dynasty, well, I think there's the a lot to like. Factor, Mo. Obviously, I'm going for the veterans in the first half of my fantasy draft, but it was quite successful for me the last couple of years of loading up my second part of my roster with rookies because not only did guys laugh at me then, when they started coming out and emerging, the offers coming back in would establish players for, hey, give me that hot shot in week six. That's where you work it. Work the waiver wires, and if you are going to work the waiver wires, he who is hot is hot. Stick with the hot button when you're seeing a rookie out there, knowing that your head coach is going to continue to put that guy out there till he proves him wrong. Well, and just look at how much the NFL has changed. You used to have, you know, 10 years ago, a running back that was the main source of your offense, dominating touches. Now you've got running backs by committee. They're devalued. Uh, fantasy points, really, you get more points from opportunity and catches than you do from runs. Uh, wide receiver is really where the league is headed. And you can have a very successful team with going zero RB, not even drafting a running back till fourth, fifth, sixth round. In today's game, look at the first word in that sentence, today. Who mm -hmm. is doing it today? Don't look at a guy that, okay, I'll take him and I'll keep him. Take the rookies later on in the second half of the draft. When these veterans get hurt, they're going to turn to those fresh legs. Dave T. Thomas, NFL scout for over 50 years. You can hear him on the Scouts Honor podcast with Paul Crane. And hopefully here in a little while, in a week or so, we'll talk uh, some tight ends, maybe some other yeah, camp Yeah, news yeah, brother. Let's get them tight ends up because I am so excited with this year's tight end class. Yeah, be good to talk to you about that. Always good to, to hear your input on what's going on in the league. And where are you off to next? You uh, you're leaving uh, Patriots camp I'm, soon. I'm heading I'm heading down the Atlantic coast after New England. My next stop will be uh, in Washington. After that, Carolina, and then into Atlanta. Well, pencil us in if you can. Pyromaniacs always want to listen to you, and I always enjoy the conversation. Oh, Mo, you, you, you know I love coming on with you, man. You're my kind over here. Nutty is all <laughs> hell, man, but still very precise and very concise. Yeah, we uh, we love you, Dave T. So thanks for what you do and uh, uh, phrasing it just as only you can. Pyromaniacs, that was Dave T. Thomas. I am FFMOZ. Follow me on Twitter. This has been the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 72, baby. We will catch you on the flip side. know that I still don't want to do it And when there's just one way to get through Sometimes I still don't want to go through with it There are other ways I used to think to 
find my way around The wood and the caves and the bad woman's ways that were always to be found And I have done enough right Dirt and wrong can now bolster my mind And love I can find it again In someone sitting close In the flashes of sin There are other ways I used to think To find my way around The wood and the still And the word of farewell That I always had to sound Now there is just one way To stretch out my arms and cry To that just one day Number the friends and the family that love me Welcome the ring of the moonlight above me And I wonder and lay in whatever old bed With good earthly music singing into my head Welcome the ring of the moonlight of me. 